gentlemen, welcome to Party Talkies. I'm yourself. Because, uh, yeah, thanks. Go away. Bye. Well, that was oh. a quick one from him. Yeah, that was weird. Huh. <clears throat> well. I think he's, like, phoning it in now. Yeah. Maybe we'll just have to uh, have him record something for us and then just always do it that way. I'll just have him record it for, like, hours on end before he finally gets it fucking right. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I'm Chris. That's Dan. And this is a James Bond week, 007 week. What do you want to call this? Uh, Spectre prep? Spectre prep. Spectre prep. Yes, and in preparation for Spectre, we are doing the Daniel Craig James Bond films. Oh, yeah. That's right. So we're doing a double shot this week because Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace are Kind of a two-parter. It's like the only James Bond film that's actually a sequel. Yeah. And then um, we'll talk about Skyfall next week, which is way too good to... (laughs) Way, way, way too good to be a two-part of anything. Sure. All right. So Casino Royale, this is the first Daniel Craig Bond movie, starts out as a reboot of the Bond serial because the opening sequence filmed in black and white shows how Bond got his double O agent status. He tracks down this MI6 section chief who has been selling information and ambushes him in his office, taking out the bolts of his gun, of course. But the guy's kind of calling his bluff. He's like, you're not going to shoot me. You don't have any kills on your record. He's like, that's not true. I've got two. Oh, yeah? And who are they? He's like, yeah, well, the f- no, you're not a double O. It takes <laughs> well, two kills for that. Yes, well. Well, <laughs> the, the first one is your contact, who I beat the ever-loving crap out of in the bathroom. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? And what's the second? He just pulls out his gun and shoots him. He's like, yep. Well, he tells him, well, the second one is, and then he shoots him, and he's like, yep. Way easier. Way easier. And I also like how they tie that in when the contact tries to kill him and he turns around and down the gun barrel. Yep. And then Chris Cornell comes out and he's all like, arm yourself because no one else here will save you. It's a friggin' awesome song and an awesome sequence. You know my name. So two things we learn. After the title sequence, one, there's this mysterious old businessman type looking guy named Mr. White, who's dealing with terrorists in Uganda. And uh, Bond is tracking down a bomb maker for hire in Madagascar. Which I love that scene because they're like all betting on the the cobra versus mongoose as like almost like a chick, a chicken fight. And as the guy's sneaking through the crowd, like Bond's got his other agent in the crowd. But he gives himself away because he won't stop touching his ear. What a dumb, 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 dumb. <laughs> we never see that guy again. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> he doesn't die or anything. He's just not there anymore. <laughs> but then in comes an awesome parkour scene. Parkour. Yes. Hardcore parkour. This is parkour James Bond. This is John Morrison James Bond. As I go through a construction site... <laughs> 
It's oh. actually it's a really well done sequence, and it's also the first time in a Bond movie that they've actually done a full on foot chase. It's it's done quite well. And then they end up in an embassy. Yes, the embassy scene is great because he, uh, like, he kind of captures the guy, but then he fights off the embassy people, and he pretty much like lets him go back to the embassy, and then he just shoots a gas tank and blows everyone up. But he he only killed the bomb maker. Everyone else lives. Yeah, everyone else lives, but the bomb maker dies, which of course M is not satisfied with. But he did get his mobile phone and found a text message. It's an ellipsis. Ellipsis. And Which is he, what the dot, dot, dot thing is called. Yes. Uh, and he traces it to a guy named Alex Demetrius, who's an associate of a banker and terrorist financer named Lashif. So what he basically finds out is uh, Lashif is going to invest all this money into a into the stock of this company called Skyfleet and then he's going to short up, sell it. Yeah, they short sell it, blow up the prototype and that's the whole thing. So it's like, "Oh, okay. That's so, how they keep the finances going for all their things." Is they purposefully so, do that kind of stuff. But I like the sequence here because Bond is like the reckless the reckless new double O agent and M is not appreciating any of his methods, but he basically, you know, he's acting like the rogue agent. It's, it's almost like, um, it's almost like license to kill type bond here where he's not like actually out of the organization, but he's kind of doing his own thing, but he knows that everything he does leads to something bigger and better. Like everything is a piece of the puzzle that he's uncovering. And, of course, they brought back Judy Dench to play M, which was awesome. Yep. Which doesn't make sense in the Bond continuity, or does it? Oh, codename theory. <laughs> Time Lord theory. Time Lord theory. Well, it's still one of the most plausible fan theories of all time regarding anything, except for maybe the one about uh, Chewbacca and R2-D2 being rebel spies. But we, we'll touch on that in a few weeks. A few short weeks, actually. So then he, like, wins Demetrius's car in a card game. Yes. I love that scene. He's like, oh. And uh, then he ends up killing him at the Body World show in Miami. Right? Because <laughs> he, like, sneaks up on him with a knife, and then they do, like, the knife the knife wrestle. Then, that's and then he a- goes in for a kiss, and then that's when Bond's like, fuck you. <laughs> That's not a knife. This is a knife. My favorite part about that is um, how, when he uh, how he gets the distraction in the hotel in the Bahamas. He uh, he he pretends to be a valet guy, oh, and yeah. then he purpose he purposely crashes the fat the fat dude's car. So he sets off all the alarms. So everybody starts freaking out. So he can get into the security footage. To see if he can find somebody getting the text at that same time as the bomb maker did. Yep. Uh, I love that scene. Especially because later, like, the guys sort of recognize him, but they don't recognize him. It's just a drop plot point, but it's still really funny. funny. So, of course, now he's got his badass Aston Martin, which is the standard Bond vehicle. Yep, classic 60s. And he's gonna he's gonna follow... Uh, this Demetrius's dude's got an associate named Carlos, and he's going to follow him to Miami International Airport 
because that's where the Skyfleet airliner is being deployed. And this is another fun scene, too, because he goes through, like, the whole sequence of... The entire airport. Yeah. First. It's very elaborate, very well done. Well, they find out that ellipses is actually the... uh, The passcode to get into the back area. Passcode to get in. (laughs) The guy switches out to be a... To be like a security guard or like an authoritative figure in the airport. He sets off the sprinkler, so everybody's panicking over that. And then comes another awesome Bond-style sequence. The uh, where he steals the the tanker truck and attaches his little keychain bomb to it. And he's going to drive it into the plane and bail out at the last second. But Bond does like the I'm going to run across this thing and I'm going to run across this thing and jump on this thing. Uh-huh. This really is like the parkour Bond. And he only finds out that the the, the bomb is like right at like the last possible second. Yeah. Well, and he, he, he attaches he, it to the guy's belt loop. <laughs> well, he he it's all happenstance how he finds it just because of how he's hanging onto the truck. Because yeah. that's when that, he, he gets inside the cab with the guy and they fight and he kicks him and so like half of his body's out and he looks over and he can see the the bomb. Yep. He's like, oh, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna hook that to his freaking belt loop. And that's the best part because they the authorities catch him and think he's the terrorist. So there's like twelve guns drawn on him. And then the guy stands up, and he's he's just looking at Bond, and he clicks the button with a smile on his face, and then he realizes the beeping's coming from his pants. And then it just cuts to Bond, and you see the boom, and all the cops flip out, and Bond just kind of smirks. Ooh, bitch. And then this is what leads to all the problems, because the chief put all that money over there and moved it around, and that money is now worthless. It's gone. It's all gone. Because he, he took it off of them and put it on a competitor. And then the bot, the thing didn't blow up. So their, sky, so their projected skyrocketing of profits did skyrocket. <laughs> so what are we going to do now? Well, well, the Chief is a good card player. So he's going to win it all back in a grand tournament at Casino Royale. In Montenegro. So, the British Bond kind of gets the British government to put him in the game. They're going to give him the ten million dollar buy-in with a possible five million rebuy. Yep. And on the way in, he meets Vesper. She's a British Treasury agent, and her whole purpose is to protect the government's interests. Because because if we lose, we'll have the the country will have directly. Sponsored terrorism. Yep. And she also, in canon, becomes the first Bond girl. The very first one. Which is cool because they brought in two actresses who played previous Bond girls to play card players in the in the tournament. Yeah. So, Bond meets his MI6 contact, which is Renee Mathis. Which is funny because he's got like an interesting character development over the next over this movie and the next one. So he basically is like, all right, well, there's a crooked chief of police here and Lachie's lieutenant, so I'm gonna have them arrested. Now he's got even more torn he's got even more pressure on him for this tournament. That's like the so, first thing he does when he meets them. He's like, over my left shoulder is the chief of police. And, well, we tried to bribe him, but uh, apparently the chief bribed him more, so we're going to take care of that. And then the cops pull up and take him away. 
it's just like, oh man. <laughs> so, uh, there's, so Bond's going to enter the tournament, and the first thing he does is he purposely loses a hand just so he can learn what Lashif's tell is, so he can go apeshit on him in the next next couple of rounds. Um, Lashif, uh, he gets attacked by the Ugandans, who are looking for their money. Bond successfully kills them, and that puts Vesper in like the in like the the uh, dramatic shower scene. Well, that doesn't even. That's like way later too. Because right, because they they fight in the stairs, yeah. And then she ends up saving Bond by knocking the gun out of the guy's hand. And then this well, is like I, during the first break of, yeah, the, of like, the tournament, and well, then he doesn't even find her till the second break. Yeah, yeah, I thought the first break was a uh, first break was the attack. Second break is when he finds her in the shower. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, which means all- she'd been in the sh- in the cold shower for five hours. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, he also meets Felix Leiter during this time period. Ah, uh, Felix Leiter is a black man. Yes. And he reveals himself to be in the CIA, and he basically makes him a deal. Hey, um, you're out of this tournament. That sucks. Oh, yeah, when he's eliminated by, yeah. by, not, by, by not actually knowing the tell. Yeah. I'll buy you back in if uh, we get to take him in. Yeah, sure, that sounds fair. Because Vesper's like, nope, you lost. You're dumb-dumb. So he uses the CIA's money instead. Yes, of course. Because this is how Bond plays. <laughs> but this also comes the... Uh, we also get the scene in here where he gets poisoned. Oh, it's nuts. That's a, that's a crazy scene. Where he gets he gets the drink and he realizes something slipped into it, so he excuses himself. And he does the does the thing of salt water. Yeah, to, to, to throw sl- up. Yep. And then he, uh, he goes out to his car... And he's got defibrillator in there. Yeah, and he's got MI six like on the phone, t- telling him what to do. But he, the wires disconnected, so he's gonna die. But he's saved by Vesper at the last possible second because he's technically dead at that point. He's only mostly dead. Yeah, and the whole reason he gets bought back in is because he was just going to assassinate Lashif, and then Felix Leiter's like, "Uh, no, I got a better idea." <laughs> Yeah, he grabbed the knife. <laughs> uh, it's a really fun scene. One of those scenes that you just got to watch because a lot of stuff happens really quickly and Bond changes his mind at least like five or six times. But uh, after Bond is saved, he comes back to the game again. And this time he actually wins the tournament. He takes all the monies. Which there were like five people left still, but they like all went all in on the last. They all went all in on their last hands because they all thought they had something good. And then it just keeps getting better and better. Bond wins with a straight flush. That's right. Because it was like, what, what, what wasn't it? It was, um, it was a full house that got into a higher full house. Yep. And then Lashif had like, what, a, a, a three of a kind or something? Well, full house is better than a three of a kind. No, so he ha- he had the full house, but then straight flush beats that. Yeah. And then, uh, so Bond disp- deposits everything into a Swiss bank account, 
and then uh <laughs> it comes my fa- my favorite part of the movie because it's got my favorite line in the movie um the abduction scene which is vesper gets kidnapped She's used as bait. She's, like, tied in the middle of the road. And Bond crashes his car because he almost runs her over, which took them, like, three Aston Martins to film to get that scene right. I remember seeing, like, production video and stuff of this. And, like, yeah. this is the part where we're going to crash an Aston Martin. I was like, holy shit. And then seeing all the flippies. Yep. And now Lashif does the tor- Lashif's going to torture Bond. He's nude in a tied to a chair, and they're using a they're using a bull rope and to the uh, bottom of the chair has been cut out. Yep, to uh, smack him in the balls. <laughs> Favorite part is when he's like, "I got a little itch to yeah, the right down there," <laughs> and then he just giggles. He goes, "Everyone's going to know that you scratched my balls." I, but yeah. Bond and Vesper actually get sa- get saved. I'm Mister White. Of all people. Um, because the chief don't fucked up too much. Yeah, because, well, the chief tells him that Mathis was actually his friend, which we find out is actually a lie. Oh, but it was actually true. <laughs> yep. <laughs> which is great, because Bond just has him tasered. <laughs> Taken away. <laughs> and then he uh, he actually does the, the Swiss bank account. He does the... He does the actual transition, and then he decides that, I love Vesper. I'm not going to do this anymore. So let's go disappear, and I'm going to resign. And it's like, oh, wow, the the Bond serial is done already. That was quick. Let's go to Venice. And that's when we learn all kinds of things happening. Uh, His winnings were never deposited because Vesper struck a deal that to basically betray betray him to get the money back to Mr. White, and in exchange he would live. And, well, she's pretty much going to die, because that's what ends up happening here. We get the uh, the sinking building scene, which is the other iconic scene from this movie. Which is kind of funny how that happens, too. It's all but, Bond's fault, right? Because as soon as yeah. it's in the building, he destroys the... He destroys the foundation, and it's right on the... It's right on the the canal, so it just starts sinking. And, of course, all the tourists are paying attention to this building collapsing. Oh, the, the, the best part of this thing is when the uh, nail gun that doesn't look like a nail gun, uh, and he shoots the guy that already can't see out of the one eye in that eye. <laughs> <laughs> I got a kick out of that, too. Uh, and I also, it's also kind of crazy that Lashif is, like, the main villain, but he's killed right before the third act. By his own men. It's another betrayal thing. But uh, even though the money briefcase gets lost during all this, Mr. White retrieves it and walks away with the money while Vesper pretty much locks herself in the elevator shaft and then allows herself to drown. And when Bond, after all this, Bond goes back to MI6, and that's when they learn that she actually had this boyfriend named Yusuf, who will uh, turn up in the next movie, uh, was originally kidnapped by Lashif and Mr. White to blackmail her into the cooperation factor. And that was going to be the whole thing was that he got to live, which he actually does for now. And that was the deal. She'll give you the winnings and Bond will get to live. So uh, (laughs) that's my other favorite line, too. The bitch is dead, which they took right out of the novel. 
And of course, it ends where uh, Bond finds out where uh, Mr. White is and what his phone number is. So he traces him to his house, shoots him in the leg. Who are you? Well, the name's Bond. James Bond. Credits. Cue iconic music and credits. All right. So before we move on to Quantum, let's talk a little bit about Casino here. Um, originally, Vesper was going to be in her underwear for that shower scene, but Daniel Craig was like, yeah, she wouldn't have stopped to take off her clothes. She's distraught, so that's why they left her in the full dress. Daniel Craig actually gained 20 pounds of muscle for this role. The way he orders his first vodka martini is lifted directly from the Ian Fleming novels, because that's the first way he ever orders it. It's not the classic vodka martini shaken, not stirred. It's a little more, little more detailed. Uh, that opening parkour scene we took about six weeks of filming. Jeez. And Daniel Craig said that because of all the stunts he had to do in this movie, he was always in some form of pain every time they filmed. Um, Barbara Broccoli actually called Daniel Craig while he was shopping for groceries and said, congratulations, you've won the role. Over to you, kiddo. So he just abandoned his groceries and went out and celebrated with martinis. <laughs> Which is hilarious, because now he says he'd rather slit his wrists than do another Bond movie. But he's contractually obliged for one more after Spectre, so tough shit, buddy. Um, he originally rejected the role of Bond a year before because he thought the series was just in a standard formula. But then they gave him the script for Casino Royale. He read it, and he's like, yeah, I'm in. Uh, the stop touching your ear line. We're going to see that again in Skyfall. <laughs> this is a fun one. Um it was only two days after the premiere, and there were already bootleg copies of the movie floating around. And Daniel Craig was in Beijing, and somebody offered him a bootleg copy of the movie. <laughs> uh, Daniel Craig is the first actor to play James Bond, who is actually younger than the series itself. Um, the tradition of having semi-naked girls in the opening credits was consciously left out because he's not officially James Bond yet. He doesn't have the full persona yet. And uh, to study, he read all the Ian Fleming novels, and he got in touch with former British Secret Service agents who had worked in Munich, and they became advisors so he could practice for this role. This is also the first full-length uh, James Bond or full-length novel turned into a movie since Moonraker in 1979. Everything else were either short stories or, you know, other... Or they just used the name. Yeah, or just like a name for something and wrote a story around it. Roger Moore absolutely loves this movie. And uh, let's see if there, there was a couple of spoily facts that were kind of fun. I already talked about how the, um, the bitch is dead line, which was one of the lines that they insisted be left in. And this is only the first time in a Bond film that two leading Bond girls die. Since You Only Live Twice. And the first movie, since On Her Majesty's Secret Service, where the main love interest dies at the end of the movie. But that's what happens in the novel, so that's why we keep that in. And, uh, my, and then my favorite stat of all this, there's the iconic scene where he comes out of the ocean in a Speedo, which was unintentional because he accidentally walked into, like, a sandbar. So he had to stand up really quickly. <laughs> and not only is that haunting him for the rest of his life, which he always talks about, but uh, <laughs> the, um, 
during that scene, there are people out on boats that you can't see on camera because the paparazzi was swarming all over the set. And they're like, get the hell out of here, damn it. So that is a Casino Royale. It's absolutely one of, I think I've, well, I've d- done my, uh, my blogs. For those of you guys who read them, you know that this is my number three favorite James Bond movie. For good reason, too. It's a really, really, really good movie. It's also a pretty faithful adaption of the original novel. I know they did that comedy one in, like, the 60s that was not a faithful adaption. But this one was. All right. Are we ready to move on? To Quantum of Solace. Quantum of Solace. Now, I'm going to give this movie credit because me and one of my friends talked about this. But uh, this movie is not very good. It's really not well written. But it came out during the writer's strike of 2008. So I think it's still pretty fun because they made up for it by doing more action scenes. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's definitely poorly written, but it still it still works out. But like any Bond film, there's still really like a really like oh my god that action scene was fantastic. Yeah. Like the first act, the first is we get the car chase scene where he's driving through Siena and he's got Mr. White in the trunk. Yeah, so literally this movie starts like five minutes after the previous movie ends. Pretty much, yeah. Um, the chase sequence is awesome. And then he uh, he gets he gets uh, Mr. White to the secret area in Siena where we're going to interrogate. And we we discover he's running this organization called Quantum. And, well, what else happens here? But there's a double agent right there in the room with him. We have people everywhere, don't we? (laughs) Don't we? And then Mitchell attacks M, kills a couple of other guys. But, and and, and sticking with that standard, that standard uh, Bond needs to stop killing people thing, he kills Mitchell, so we can't bring him in for questioning. After, after, like, chasing him through the the sewers, through all of, like, some big festival going on. It's just some building that's being in under construction. Yeah, it's a really good. It's another really good chase sequence. And then how he kills him, but by hanging off a hanging from a rope, and yep. Mitchell's up in the scaffolding, and he loses the gun, and then Japan finally gets the gun, turns around, and boom! Yep, done. So uh, they they go back, they search his flat, they find out he has contacts to this dude in Haiti. Um, his name is Edmund Slate, and he learns that he's basically a hitman. And he's going to kill Camille. Camille is the lover of this dude named Dominic Green, who's this big environmentalist guy. And uh, he, he's doing all kinds of deals because he wants his, uh, he basically wants to screw over the utility system in the country of Bolivia. Uh, and this is like his part of quantum is yeah. he does that. He buys the area that the countries think is useless. They help the coup happen. They install the person as a leader. They buy a worthless tract of, tract of land, they think. Uh, meanwhile, before all this happens, quantum has siphoned as much water as they can from, from that country into that area that they're going to own. Yep. It's a very. It's one of those big like. It's one of those big like that's almost unnecessary type things. But you know, this it's a very is the type, involved plot. But at the same time, it's like that's it's, the plot. it were it works. <laughs> you know, it's working for what they needed to do. That's the thing about um, this movie, right? It's like that is 
Uh, realistically, a very good plot. Movie-wise, not very good plot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little too real. But uh, the, the other thing is he's helping out this uh, general who actually murdered Camille's family. And he's going to overthrow the government. Uh, raped and murdered Camille's Yeah. Pretty much, aye, yeah. Aye. Um, so he rescues Camille. And then he follows Green to Austria, and they're going to see this opera where they're all meeting, like, in the crowd with earpieces. This is one of the best scenes in any Bond movie, and it's in this one. <laughs> yeah, and they're all – because they're all chatting. He's in his, like, his private box, and he's talking to all these people who are out in the crowd, like, dispersed. And then just, Bond just – Bond's, like, above the screen. Or like... Yeah, and he taps into their frequency. It's like, you guys need to find better places to meet. You just see, like, random people all getting up from around here. And he, it's one of those things where he's kind of like – Oh shit, there's more than I thought. Better start taking some pictures. <laughs> we also learned that um, there's a CIA guy who's kind of involved with this, and Felix Leiter's with him. So it's like, ah, oh, Felix, are you the bad guy? Nope. The other guy's a douche, though. Yeah, the other guy's a bitch. He, he looks like Ron Swanson. If Ron Swanson was a bitch. And he- if Ron Swanson was a bitch, exactly. But he does kind of have like that Ron Swanson look to him. Of uh, uh, green? Nah, we don't have anything to do with that. We don't care about him. Well, they think they think it's all about the oil. Because us Americans. Because, you know, America and their oil, of course. We love our Earl. Yeah, so they get the, um, we, we, get, the, we get the fun action sequence at the opera with the gunfight. And I like that he's, like, killing people uh, <laughs> and, like, in tune to people dying in the opera. Yeah, so that that's a it's, it's a really good scene too. And then he does the the tie fall, which is like a callback to uh, uh, "Spy Who Loved Me," right? Except for the guy was holding Bond's tie in there, and he wanted to know where Peckish was, and the guy says Cairo, and then he slaps his tie, and the guy falls off the building. <laughs> they um, also during while this happens, a. Uh, a British, one of the British prime minister's advisors gets killed, and M assumes that it was Bond. So basically, like freezes his credit cards and his passport. And this is this is more of a license to kill situation. Yeah, because Bond is out right now. Yeah, so he's got he goes back and he he recruits Mathis to help him out. Mathis, who has since been cleared. Yeah, because he was in a villa. Yeah, a really nice villa too. So he's like, come to Bolivia with me. He's like, ah, fine. Okay. So they arrive at Bolivia, and immediately this MI6 officer named Strawberry Fields, because, of course, this is a James Bond character. She's like, yeah, I'm here to tell you you need to go home right now. Except for the next flight isn't for another day. Yeah, she's like, oh, okay, well, let's go exploring. He basically keeps working, (laughs) just ignoring her. LOL. So they go to um, they go to this fundraising party that Green's having, and he's and of course this is the uh, there's like a, there's the confrontation here and somewhere the, the guy's got that weird hulking sidekick his name's Elvis I get a kick out of that but uh, Mathis gets killed during this Actually, during this scene police yeah he gets killed by the cops. And he's basically there to uh, to frame Bond for his murder. Yeah, they like knock him out and put him in, the, in Bond's trunk. 
Yeah. But then uh, the, the, the poor girl, like, trips... Like trips Green down the stairs, or like oh, trips no, his the, henchman. Yeah, the henchman. He, he trips Elvis down the stairs, and it's just like, oh, you you probably shouldn't have done that because, unfortunately for her, she gets killed later in an iconic homage scene. Paying homage, Jimmy. Yes, to uh, to Goldfinger of all things. She's covered in oil. And it's like, oh, but I thought it wasn't about oil. Well. It is, but it isn't. Yeah. So uh, they they take a plane. They uh, he basically like gives him his car. Oh no, he wanted the girl. Well, she wanted you, but uh, yeah. he got the car instead. Um, they're gonna try to see if they can find what Quantum's doing by air, but they get shot down into a sinkhole. And that's when they discover. This oh, is this where is the video a- game starts. Actually, yeah, that's when we discover this isn't oil. This is about the water. They're hiding all this water here. But uh, it's also when he finds out about uh, Strawberry's death that he's just like, you know, this is uh, demonstrated all his bravery in the field. And apparently that convinces M that Bond actually can be trusted. After just, completely, like, firing him. Yeah. But then he, like, beats up the guys in the elevator and then walks away and then runs Walks away. away. She's just like, all right, well, that works. The CIA is coming in to take him in. So she's like, you better do the things. And he's like, gotcha. I got to go find the girl again who <laughs> shows up in a in a freaking old bug that she stole, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I also love when he go, when he meets Felix Leiter at the bar. And then he's like, you got 30 seconds to get out. So he gives him all the information. And then, like, the whole scene, there's, like, a big shootout and a bar fight. And Leiter just sits there and downs his drink. <laughs> There's a lot of really good comedy in this movie, too. So, like, I, I appreciate that. Another thing, like, oh, well, this writer's strike is really sucking us dry. So let's throw in some funny shit to try to salvage this. Let's do what we can. Pretty much, yeah, and it works. So uh, they're meeting at this um, this eco-hotel out in the desert. And this is where we realize that uh, where all the Green's plots come forth, you know, oh, you're going to sign over this. I'm going to be the sole utility guy. I'm going to make all this money. Is the money is, the, is your water provider. Yeah. So, of course, Bond uh, Bond gets to the hotel. He kills the chief of police because of, for the Mathis betrayal. Um, Camille kills the general, getting her avenge. The Avenger. And uh, the hotel starts blowing up because... The best part is when Green's fighting Bond and he hits himself in the foot with the fire axe. <laughs> yes, that is really funny. The, the scene I like here, though, is everything's blowing up slowly and, like, Green knows it. So he, he stops Elvis and makes him point the gun to, like, take out Bond. And then he just keeps running. And that's when the explosion just comes into the room and he's diving because he already knows what's going to happen. It's like, fuck this guy. Here, you do this. So, uh, every, everything blows up. Bond has to rescue the girl. We think it's going to be, uh... They're both going to die in the fight. Yeah, she, she wants it to but be, like... a piece of the wall comes off, and there's the freaking like, one of the oxygen tanks or whatever. And he's like, oh, if I shoot that, everything will explode, and there'll be a hole in the outside wall, and we can get out. Yeah, pretty much. And that's what happened. But I like what he does with Green, as he... 
he tracks him down in the desert and gives him a can of motor oil, and he's like, good luck! I think you'll go about 20 miles before you consider drinking that. And then when they, when M's briefing him, he's like, she's like, they found motor oil in his stomach. Does that mean anything to you? Uh, no, not at all. But uh, this is where everything ties together from the first movie, because he goes to Russia. He finds this Yusef guy. In a very uh, uh, born uh, two? Second born movie, I think it is. Yeah. Where he goes and visits the girl whose parents she, he's killed. He killed. Very, right. Very similar. Right, and that's when he realizes there's like the Canadian intelligence agent is there, and he's like, "Listen, here's he's what's going to happen." Same shit on him. He played on Vesper. Yeah. So she gets out of there. So he's going to have his life threatened, and you're going to willingly give him the information, and then he's going to sell it to Quantum. So yep. you should go now and tell your people that you have a leak. And she's like, thanks, bye. (laughs) But he doesn't kill the guy. He lets him get arrested. Because she wouldn't have wanted him to. (laughs) And that's when you realize a lighter got promoted. The other guy got (laughs) taken out. He got uh, fired. And she's like, Bond, I need you back. And he goes, I never left. And then he drops Vesper's necklace in the snow. And that's how he lets go. And then cue iconic James Bond scene down the barrel of the gun. Um, Again, it's not the best Bond movie, but it's better than people give it credit for. I've seen a lot of lists that actually put this one as the worst Bond movie, and I will heavily disagree with that. I think that uh, View to a Kill and Octopussy get that title. Actually, Octopussy was my least favorite Bond movie. I am not... A fan. I am. <clears throat> as far as Roger Moore goes, I either love it or I d- yeah. dislike. I it really so liked. Much. I really liked the Man with the Golden Gun, and I liked Moonraker, and I really liked. Um, uh, what's the one with the big underwater with the big submarine fight scene? Big submarine. It's 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 after Golden Gun and before Moonraker. There's the um in uh, Spy Who Loved Me. Spy Who Loved Me. There's the big scene where they take out the. The depot, whatever the yeah, the U-boat depot. Yeah, that's a good one too. Those are the good ones. Live and Let Die has a great song, but it's really bad black exploitation, and it just annoys me. And then the last two are just, just he was really too bad. old with like three to go. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, but yeah, a couple of cool facts about Quantum. Um. Mark Froster keeps thinking that Judy Dench was underutilized, so that's why she had a much bigger part in this movie. And she's the only woman that Bond doesn't view as sexual context, which is why they like he liked putting their, all their dialogue together. It's also the first time we ever see Bond actually inebriated. Because <laughs> he drank six <laughs> Vesper Martini cocktails. Oh yeah, because they're in the they're in the plane, and the guy's like tells him what he had, and then he's six of them. Yep, this is only the fourth Bond movie where he doesn't do the Bond James Bond line. The other ones being From Russia with Love, Thunderball, and You Only Live Twice. Oh wow! <laughs> yes, physically, Daniel Craig felt that Casino Royale was a walk in the park compared to this film. 
because this movie is like almost all action sequences. Yes. They were also doing pre-production for this film before Casino Royale even started filming. So they were only two years apart, though. Then it took us four years to get Skyfall after that. Um, not the uh, not all the greatest uh, facts and stuff about Quantum, because, again, there really wasn't that much interesting that went into it. The biggest fact about it is that they were doing it during the strike. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, well, I guess one of the biggest facts is that the leading Bond girl doesn't have sex with him. Nope. And she lit. How about the whole ongoing thing with Green talking about, oh, another one died. Oh, all the women you ever meet died. Like, two women have died so far in his entire life. Yeah. Well, Gemma Arterton, who gets killed with the oil scene. Yeah. Her, uh, but that's that, was like her, that was her first scene of filming. Oh, that's fun. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, like I said, not not the most interesting stuff. But uh, since we're on the Bond kick anyway, we're gonna talk a little bit more about it next week. Um, as far as Bond movies go, um, this this one, like we said, it's not a top ten Bond movie, but it's way better than some of the other stuff that you can watch. Um, Dan and I have had this conversation before because we're both big Bond fans. The Connery movies are almost all perfect. Like some of them are weaker than others, but like, and I know Dan we, is not we a differ on one. Fan. <laughs> we we definitely differ on one. Thunderball's like, one of my favorites. Thunderball, and you hate Thunderball. <laughs> but uh, um, on Her Majesty's Secret Service is the best Bond story with the worst Bond actor, but it's absolutely worth a watch. It's a great story, though. Watching it a couple times over, like I, I don't hate Lazenby's role as much as I used to. It's tough. It's just tough to watch because you're already into Connery in the role, and it's the first time the role changes. And yeah, then, you, and you know, Connery's back the next movie. Yeah, and then of course, uh, the more films happen, which we kind of talked about. Then you get the two Dalton films, which, uh, as described perfectly by Dan and Mike Irizarry, before I watched them because I'd never seen them before. Um, Living Daylights is your typical Bond fanfare, but License to Kill is criminally underrated. And I wholeheartedly agree with that, because License to Kill was great. Then, of course, you have the Brosnan movies, which um, I really like Goldeneye, and I really like... Worse. <laughs> yeah, I really like Tomorrow Never Dies. And then um, I, I was okay with The World Is Not Enough, but I didn't really care for it. And then I really hated Die Another Day. Die Another Day is when they started going CGI. They went way too CGI for that. And I'm just like, oh, stop. And then we cut back to Casino Royale. I'm like, this is incredible. And then Quantum's like, well, this was okay. And then Skyfall comes out, and I'm like, this is like the greatest thing I've ever seen since Goldfinger. We're going to talk but, even more old Bond stuff. Oh, because, we'll talk more. Because Skyfall came out on the 50th anniversary, and so there were a lot of callbacks. Oh, all the callbacks. We're going to talk about that next week. So, yeah, tune in next week for Skyfall, and then uh, go see Spectre, which will be out next week. So uh, until then, I am O'Mealy, Chris O'Mealy. Oh, and I'm Peck, Dan Peck. See ya. Ba-na, 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 ba-na.